Hello, hello, and welcome to the AM Sisters podcast. You're here today with your host, and I'm Maria Setting, bringing your favorite twin talk of the week. And in this episode, we're going to talk about the spring equinox. We're going to welcome spring, and we're going to share some things related to history and mythology. Yeah, and I think before we dive into the spring equinox, we can talk a little bit about St. Patrick's Day, because it was just this week, and if you don't know about the history, I think it's interesting. And somehow it's very related to the spring equinox, because it's only like three days before the equinox. So yeah, St. Patrick's Day actually is the day of the death of St. Patrick's, and he actually was... um, young man who was born in the 4th century in Roman Britain. And all his family had a history with Christianity. Uh, His father and grandfather worked for the church, for Christian church, and then he kind of was raised in this environment. He was raised in a very wealthy family as well. Um, But when he was about 16, apparently, he was wandering around, and then he was... um, kidnapped by some Irish people, and he was um, brought to uh, Ireland as a slave, and then he was sold to someone, and he had to work as a shepherd for about six years, if I'm not wrong. And then during this time of isolation, um, he didn't know anyone, he was a slave, actually, so he didn't have much power in his life, and then his only companionship was God because of his upbringing in Christianity. So he made this connection with his spiritual side. And then one night, apparently he had a vision or a dream, and he saw a person saying to him that he should go to the coast and that he would find a boat and he would be able to go back home. And then he just followed that instinct. He just trusted his vision because he truly believed he was connected to God after all these years. And he really found a boat there. And I think first, in the beginning, they didn't want to let him in because he didn't have any money to pay for the trip. But I don't know how, but he ended up being able to embark in the boat and go back to mainland in Britain. Yeah. And then he reunited with his family and then he started to uh, go a training I think like a training to become a a priest for the church and then after a while he had a vision again and this time this vision they were telling him that he should go back to Ireland he saw I think a letter or like people asking people from Ireland asking for him to go there and kind of spread the word of Christianity so I guess his family's will because he already had been kept there as a prisoner for a long time. Even though of this, you know, family disagreement, he went back to Ireland and he started to try to convert people to Christianity. Because most of them, they were pagans. They believed in many deities, many gods and goddesses. And he was trying to make them believe in one God, the Christian God. and he really could make it, actually. That's why he's so recognized nowadays by the Christian church and the Catholic church, yeah. And he, most of his time, he stayed in the middle of Ireland and the north of Ireland, 
which is like nowadays we can see that those places they are more mostly uh Christians, right? Catholic. Catholic. Yeah. And yeah, he, he could convert many people. And one of the interesting things, like many people nowadays, they see this um, image of St. Patrick carrying a, a shamrock or a three-leaved uh, clover, right? And they believe that he used to explain the Holy Trinity using this clover, explaining the Trinity, right? And people at that time, they were already used to this trinity because many of their own goddesses and god gods and goddesses they already worked in as a, a trinity the pagan gods yeah that's and right nowadays we connect with saint patrick's day and the clover and the green and all the parish as well but the parties our time <laughs> really interesting and i know like the shamrock got really famous and easily accepted, especially because Druidic tradition, they already had associations with the clover and the Trinity. So for Christianity, it is the Holy Trinity that he, St. Patrick's used to explain as the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But for the Druids, it represented the will or the sun. And if we think about even other traditions, they also have the Trinity. So... Many people know about paganism and neo-paganism, about the triple goddesses. And in, it represents the maiden, the mother, and the crone. And those are also like stages of a woman's life. And it can also represent stages and phases of the moon. And the trinity can also represent, the triple goddess can also represent the heavens, earth, and the underworld. And I was checking it out and the trinity can be seen in even like, um, in India, some gods and goddesses, they also had Trinity. And northern part of Europe also had in many other places of the world, which is fascinating, I think. Yeah, it is. And I think it is really related nowadays for us to wear green and, you know, think about nature because the spring equinox is coming. And if we think about green, it's not only a color of our heart chakra in abundance and all these beautiful things, but it's also the color of nature as well, right? Yes. And we can see finally some green outside our, our windows and some flowers starting to bloom, and that's the beginning of spring. And yeah, we can actually say that the beginning of the spring happens during, during and after the spring equinox, which is a beautiful time because. He marks a day where the night and the morning time, they are almost exactly the same. Yes. So if we think about the meaning of the equinox, it's a time for us to bring more balance into our lives uh, because we are balancing the day and the night. We are balancing feminine and masculine. We are balancing out our inner world and the outside world. Also, the intuition and the more practical side, the day and the night, they are very associated with those all these dualities as well. And also the known and the unknown. I think it's a good time for us to be ready to not only be courageous to brave ourselves in what we know, but also to have this courage to go somewhere we don't know. 
to explore things that are really new for us because this energy of spring is really propitious for that. Mm-hmm. I think it's also interesting to like the spring equinox and all types of equinoxes or solstice, they are always represented really strongly to this connection to nature and a lot of paganisms and other religions that were really close to nature, they teach us so much during this time because I think a lot of people forgot that we're also nature beings. Human beings are part of this world and having this time to connect and see what is changing outside and look around, look to nature and see what is blooming and what is not blooming at this time. What nature shows to people like, it's time to go, it's time to stay. Is it warm enough for the seed to start growing or not? And learn from that, that our lives is also full of cycles. We are not machines. We cannot keep going and going and going. You have time to rest, time to grow, time to replenish, time to die as well, and to have this rebirth. So spring is also the rebirth. This time where during winter we had our isolation period, hibernation, we could die and just rest. And now it's time to bloom something new. So think about what are the projects you want to do? What do you want for your own self? And guard this as an intention for what you're going to bring up and have its culmination in summertime, right? When the sun is already like at the top of the sky and we have longer days. So it's also this transition from a darker phase into a lighter one. So we can be more positive and think about the action because also the night and like the unknown is related to the subconscious. So we're bringing this into clarity what we want to um, have a conscious awareness, you know. So I think it's interesting. Yeah. And since the days are becoming longer, it's almost like we are receiving more light into the things that we were not so so clear about as well. We are beginning to have more um, knowledge of what's going on with ourselves and with our lives as well. Um, and I think it's important to see also the spring as this starting point, because as we see the as you talked about the the three stages of the goddess. Now it would be the first one, she's the maiden, right? So the maiden is a young girl. So she's curious and she's trying to figure out what's going on and she finds beauty in everything and she's excited and playful and lighthearted. And I think all these energies begin really try to invite into our lives during this period because we're slowly stretching ourselves from that winter time and allowing to, you know, go a little further and then come back, you know, have this balance of trying to discover, but it's not only until summer that we can fully see everything fulfilled. So having this playfulness of knowing that you don't know everything, you're not, you you still have many phases on your life to achieve more knowledge, right? The mother and the crone would be further steps, right, in this journey. So the maiden is just this little seed that is starting to grow and she's beautiful and curious. And I think we can learn a lot from this, you know, allowing ourselves to be in this apprenticeship position as well and do not 
um, try to, to, you know, take a lot of steps further if we cannot even think about the first one. So it's really about acknowledging our journey in our process and taking the first step in a playful and lighthearted way. That's why I think mythology can be really good to understand our own lives. And I know a lot of people know about Persephone, and she's exactly like that. During the winter time, she goes into the underworld, so is her dad. But then she's reborn every spring, and she brings, that's why she's the goddess of flowers, agriculture, and all those things. And in this phase, she's the maiden as well, so she has this lighthearted position. And she's open to make the ground, the earth fertile again and bring inspiration and make things grow. But she leaves behind all the baggage, so to speak, to start over again. And I think this can lead us to the next point. That is, uh, do you want to share a little bit about the Germanic tradition for spring, about goddess Ostara? Yeah, so some people... They don't only think like, oh, it's a beautiful day because it's the equinox, but they also associate the equinox with the goddess Ostara. And she was a Germanic goddess that represented fertility and renewal, which is exactly the spring energy. So as in other Celtic traditions, she has the totem of the, of the hair. So mm-hmm. she's usually represented together with a hair and also the moon because the hair is a night animal and also the goddess many goddesses they are associated with the lunar cycles and with the night itself so it's interesting right because we're, we're talking about um a period of the time of our a period of the year where we have more sunshine during the day But at the same time, we're not forgetting about the night because the goddess that we are celebrating that reminds us of this renewal and this rebirth is also a a goddess of the night. Mm. I think it's interesting as well how paganism mixed so well with Christianity, even though they tried to erase paganism. Because if you think about Easter time is celebrated by a lot of Christian, Christian people, and they still use the symbol of the hair and the egg. And like you were saying, the, the hair is a creature of the night. And they used to say in this Germanic tradition like that the hair and the moon, they would come alive in the night and they would die during the day. So it was a constant process of resurrection. And if you think about what Easter means to Christian people, Catholicism and all those things, it's a resur- resurrection of Christ as well. So it's a resurrection of a consciousness, of a way of being. And the hair represented exactly this power of life. And like, because it is also associated to fertility and um, all those things. So it's, it's fun to me how it connected. And also the name Ostara, it's connected to Easter. So mm-hmm. the the... How do they say the origin of the word Easter came from Ostara? And also the feminine hormone estrogen came from Ostara. Yeah, but I think it's not really a coincidence, right? I think most of the times the church, they try to just twist the pagan holidays so people could still celebrate them. 
but then they changed a little bit the dates of the Christian event to coincide to coincide with the pagan event. So they would celebrate only the Christian one, but based on the pagan one. So yeah, yeah, it's like when we explain about Saint Valentine's Day, Saint Valentine's, Christmas, Yule, um, yes, Halloween, Halloween, yeah. So, yeah. And I think we can talk a bit about the meaning of the egg. That if you think about in a lot of traditions, the egg or seeds, they were also they represented potential. All potential with all potential within one little thing. So it symbolizes rebirth of nature, fertility of the earth, and creation. So and also people Like, for example, the Druidic tradition and all those things they said, the egg was the cosmic egg that represented the universe and it contained the balance of feminine and masculine, light and dark. Like, even if you break an egg, there's like the yolk that is yellow and the white around it. It represents balance and spring is all about balance. So I found interesting and I wanted to show you guys. If you're watching on YouTube, probably you're going to see the image. If you're not, you can listen and you'll understand as well. So there is this lady called Kim Kranz and she made this oracle deck that is this animal spirit oracle deck and I found really interesting that she drew the eggs that we're talking about. So it's also a trinity if you think about it. There's the golden egg, there is the spirit one, cosmic egg, and there is the black egg and all of those represent different things. So can you show them separately? Yeah. So she has also a guidebook. So just going through very fast what she meant by those things. This is oof. Wait. It's okay. okay. The golden egg. So the golden egg represents uh the center of the heart and sound, the unstruck sound. So if even if you look in the image, it's like hay around it and it's kind of nested. So it needs heat, it needs warmth. And it represents the fourth chakra that is the heart. And it's all about this phase before spring time. So you're cultivating, you're listening to your own intuition, you're getting ready to have something come out of it. And then there is the black egg. The black egg is about the throat chakra. It is about speaking your truth. So the black egg represents another phase that is already, you know what you came here for, so now it's time to express it. So it's kind of the maturity phase. And the last part would be the cosmic egg, like the druids were saying when they talked about the egg. And it's like this. And if you see, it's all colorful. It has characteristics of the golden one, has characteristics of the black egg, and with the serpent as well. So the cosmic egg is about the seventh ch chakra or the crown chakra. And it's already about this connection to everything, is the completion phase. And it's having really understanding that everything is connected and united. So I think. This represents really well the essence of spring. That if you think 
that one little seed can contain all the knowledge, all the things you need to learn, we can see beauty in all of this. And this is useful for us as well, to think about what are the seeds we're planting, what are the seeds that are growing. That's beautiful. I really like those cards. Me too. So I think now we can talk a little bit about how we can celebrate spring currently, right? Um, one of the ideas that I, I think is good for us to do is set our intentions. What do we want to see blooming during this year? Because we had our time of contemplation that is almost ending. So what do you want to see bloom in our life? So as always, you can journal about it. You can maybe light a candle, put some flowers around it because it's spring. If you like to do more like a Wicca style, you can make your own altar and you can place some flowers. You can place, like I said, the candle. You can also place, some people, they like to do baked goods. So maybe like a small bread or, I don't know, a cookie or something you make. And you can also use the number three, like we said, so you can arrange things in three or work with the shamrock as well, because we understand also that it brings luck. So it's always good. Yes, it's a luck and a tree, so it's a good one. Uh, and if you have some space or a pot or a little garden, you can also plant a seed, literally, yes. like the, the cosmic egg. You can see that seed as the the little egg or the little seed of your intentions. And then after you do a little prayer or do a little intention setting, you can plant it on the ground. And then every time you go there and you water it and you take care of your plant, is you taking care and putting energy into what you want to manifest. So it's a beautiful way to do that as well. And you're going to see it blooming during spring. So that's a beautiful one. It's truly like magic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can always connect with things that are blooming around you at this time. So like seasonal fruits and vegetables and all those things are the best ones to be used because you're in sync with what's growing in nature. And just use your imagination and use your creativity to make what you would like. But make it a beautiful experience because it's like, it's a time for inspiration. And so allow yourself to be creative. Allow yourself to do beautiful things like Persephone touches and yeah and also incorporate more of the feminine side and the feminine energy into your practice it doesn't matter if you're male or female we all have masculine and feminine energy within us and even though the growing of the sun is the rise of the masculine energy more than the moon it still is the time that the feminine is allowed to express itself and even if you haven't tried to connect with your feminine side before, this is a beautiful time to do that because it's the maiden period, right? It's just being born. So you can try to, you know, bring this energy inside of you and cultivate this as a little maiden and exploring little by little. And maybe you can become more empowered like the goddess you are. Yes. And like to... Wrap it up, I'd like to read something about that I found in a website called druidry.org and I thought it was beautiful because they explain more about 
how the Druids celebrated their spring equinox that they called Alba Nairir. And they questioned some things that I think you should think about. So they wrote here. Um, Plants are seen by some as inanimate greenery with no actual feelings and life force. But druids see life in all living things, from rocks and stones to rivers and springs, plants and trees, all life is sacred. Have you ever thought about how you recognize the beginning of spring? Is it plant life, the weather? How does a plant know when it is time to grow? It cannot tell the time or see a calendar, yet it knows. If it has senses, then it has consciousness. If it has consciousness, then it is more than an inanimate life form. So it is the return of life to the earth that is celebrated at Alba Nailir, the time of balance. That's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for the person who wrote it. There is no yes. author here, but yeah. I found that really interesting, really beautiful. I truly relate with that. I really believe everything has a spirit. Plants, animals, mountains, rocks, rivers, everything is alive and deserves to be respected. And I think one of the beautiful things about magic, as people say, is this reciprocity, this exchange. You know, you don't just take what you want. You just don't have this, you know, Everything you want by yourself, you have to retribute with something, whether it's your energy or a positive thought or a word of gratitude or a little offering. I think it's really important to recognize that everything is, is alive. Yes. So like we said, even when you're doing your altar, if you're doing it, if you're doing a little ritual for yourself during the springtime, when you get the foods from like the seasonal foods, remember to be thankful for Mother Earth because she's the one who gave you this sustenance, this food and all this abundance that is coming during springtime. So like my sister said, it's a reciprocity act. So at the same time you receive, you have to thank and give something back. It doesn't need to be something physical, but just your energy is enough. Yes, and if you have, if you're going to make some, you know, intention settings during this day and making your altar, perhaps you can take a little time and also not only make this uh, intention for yourself, what you want to bring into your personal life, but maybe for humanity or for the planet itself. Maybe a little word of gratitude to Mother Earth or sending positives and energies for the earth itself to have more power and to regenerate and, you know, recover the, the place she had from the beginning, right? That sometimes we forget about. Yes. We're visiting earth. She'll be here for much longer. Much longer than us, yes. Yeah. So I'll just like to to say thank you. Thank you very much for listening to us this week. It was a beautiful topic. I really enjoyed it. I hope you also liked it. And if you're listening to us here on the podcast, if you like, please leave us a review. If you're watching us on YouTube, 
Uh, please give us a like if you enjoyed it and leave us a comment and share with your friends and subscribe also. <laughs> Thank you so <Yeah>. much. <laughs> Thank you. So I hope you have a beautiful beginning of spring. Let us know how you're celebrating it. Let, it, let us know if you set your intentions. And we're always, always thinking about you all. And see you next week. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye.